Good evening, listeners. Welcome to episode of the Cornerstones podcast. My name is Parker, and uh, I am joined tonight by a lovely couple that I've gotten to know fondly over the past three years, thanks to Summer Times in Montauk, which always brings out the best of people. Um, but a lovely couple who I'm, I'm very fond of, um, and they've been, uh, they played a great role in my life the past couple of years, and I'm proud to introduce some Sean Lumbeck and Carrie Clark. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks, dude. Appreciate it. I'm glad you guys could come on. I'm very excited to to talk to you two. You are the first uh, Villanova on Villanova couple that I've done. Wow. Oh, sweet. Ooh, so I love that. A big, big step in the right direction. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, in honor of Jay Wright's sudden absence, this is a nice uh, <laughs> yeah. welcoming sure. treat. Um, exactly. Um, but yeah, so I met Carrie, I want to say maybe seven or eight years ago. Um, her younger sister, Kristen, is the glue between all of us. Um, Kristen was my favorite Clark until I met Carrie, and now Carrie is taking that roll over. <laughs> <laughs> Kristen was smiling from ear to ear until she heard that. But, she uh, no. but Kristen's a good friend of mine and um, had the joy of meeting Carrie through her. My first memory with Carrie actually was, Carrie, I don't know if you remember this, but you gave Dana and I tickets to a underground hip hop party in Chinatown. God, we wow. We were at Sweet and Vicious and you were like, I don't want these. And I, I was like, I don't that. even know this girl, but this sounds amazing. I got to take advantage of this. So <laughs> then I went to that. I still remember it. Um, That's wild. Yeah, yeah. So we, I remember that. <laughs> That's right. Oh my God, what a crew. And that was that was a fun time. Um, I was like, wow, this girl's so generous. Like, that's so nice of her. <laughs> And then I met Sean, a.k.a. Lundy, um, maybe, was it 2018? Dana's birthday at Dumbo House. Oh, um, 2018, 2018. But obviously I've heard so much about Sean from Kristen and from Carrie. And uh, Sean and I, our friendship took off like a rocket ship. So yeah, uh, I think yeah. you guys are going to be on the next cornerstone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to do a bromance version in the next one. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, and before I hand it over to them, um, I will just say a little bit about Cornerstones. So Cornerstones is a space where Sean can, uh, can come together to tell the story of their relationship. So how they met, what attracted them to each other, um, any ups and downs or challenges, and um, just the general story of their dating life. So it's an up on how couples built their relationship so that they can impact and inspire others. Um, because as Carrie said in her, her branding of her consulting company, stories that make the world go around. So <laughs> that's exactly right. Stories make the world go around. So very excited to have this is Kirsten has been telling me that, uh, you guys have an amazing story. So I'm very excited to hear more about it. And without further ado, I will pass it over to you all. So Carrie, do you want to just give a little bit uh, about yourself and who you are? Yeah, I would love to. So my name, I am 35 years old, just had a birthday. So that is not rolling off the tongue like it used to. Um, and I live in New York, grew up in New York. Um, so I've been here my entire life with the exception of those at Villanova. Mm -hmm. And I work in marketing. So I currently own my own marketing consultancy, which I launched just about this time last year. 
Amazing. Sweet. Um, so my name is Sean. I'm also 35. Uh, our our birthdays are actually six days apart. So uh, yeah, that's right. Pretty crazy. Um, I grew up in Florida, uh, lived there for 14 years and then moved to Jersey and went to Villanova and then I've been in the city uh, for like 12 years now. Um, in terms of work, uh, I had worked in the financial industry for 12 years and then last summer, Parker, as you know, do a pretty crazy transition uh, in pursuit of something a little bit more creative. Uh, so I guess at this point, I would consider myself a visual artist, uh, focusing on photography, abstract painting and sneaker design and customization. And yeah, quite the 180. I remember, uh, you talked to me about that in Montauk, um, the transition and very bold, very courageous thing to do. And obviously following your passion, um, has a lot of risk, but even more reward and, Firing. We could talk about that whole segment, but we won't be yeah. distracted. Carrie might get a little jealous. Well, like, podcast uh, yeah. coming out of <laughs> <laughs> But no, it's been awesome to see you pursue that dream, Sean. Um, and Thanks, yeah, you guys are an entrepreneurial. So <laughs> living <laughs> the dream, Parker. Living the dream. Doing very well. So let's rewind back. Um, so Sean, you mentioned we went to Villanova, and Carrie, you went to Nova. So how did you two meet? Great question. Uh, so uh, going into <laughs> too much detail, uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, the year that we went to Villanova was the first year that Facebook uh, expanded to universities outside of their initial Ivy League. Mm -hmm. um, so I remember my best friend and I going through the list of people who are going to be going to Villanova. Uh, and I remember coming across Carrie's profile. I thought she was super, super cute. Um, but uh, to Villanova, we were the same year. Um, she was a communications major. I was a business major. So we didn't have too many classes together, but we did have sort of a loose uh, friend group in common. So I got uh, a Venn diagram with a small little sliver of overlap. Um, but it turns out a lot of my best friends to this day knew and were friends with Carrie before I was friends with them. Um, so, yeah, so we met each other at Villanova. I sort of had a crush on her before we met. but um, And because we were in separate schools, we really were never in the same place at the same time, which is kind of interesting. So like we only had one class together. Yeah. Like senior, senior year. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah, man. So of each other, but we never spent much time in the same room. Uh, and by like knew of each other, it was like both very much like crushing on from afar. <laughs> yeah. Like it was like, yeah. it, we were both in long-term relationships. So it was like, you know, a very much like, we would kind of like see each other out and be like, you know, like, Hey, like there was definitely very much like a vibing going on. A lot of on. chemistry. A lot, a of, lot chemistry. of chemistry. Yeah. It, was yeah. a lot of it was forbidden fruit. Cause you guys were. Exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of, uh, so much nervous. Flutter, energy. Yeah. Really <laughs> flustered. And, uh, but yeah, but I mean, really we didn't like speak words to each other. No, so it was like, didn't. it was like this like mutual acknowledgement and like, I had a super big crush on her, but it was like this, like not kind of, but like you didn't really want to, it was like so, uh, so unbelievably wild. But, oh, um, we were so awkward when we were teenagers. 
Oh, yeah, God, no, yeah. Um, I mean, at that point, I think we were also adults. So let's just call a spade a spade. We're yeah. awkward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, wait, so how did, so when was it, what was the first interaction that you guys had? Do you remember? Uh, I remember one. Of this, so let's just, <laughs> this is what we're talking about here in terms of like just, um, um, I so one of the people that we shared like an immediate uh, friend in common with was this uh, uh, wonderful person, Taryn Groves. Mm-hmm. And uh, Taryn and I were super friendly, and Carrie and Taryn, so but we like didn't really share uh, an immediate circle. And I was hanging out in Taryn's room for whatever reason, um, and Carrie came in randomly to borrow a belt from Taryn and this parade was going on for like five to 10 minutes of trying on this belt to see if it went with her outfit. And literally I sat there in silence (laughs) and didn't really make eye contact and she didn't acknowledge my presence in the room. And this just was this. Yeah. It was, I'm pretty sure it was sophomore year. It it 100% was. Wow. Yeah, so that's that's the first vivid memory I have of being in the same space and just completely ignoring like, each other, fucking, fucking it up. Like, <laughs> um, so those five so, minutes, to you. yeah, in the oh worst way possible, like yeah. the way you want like an interaction to last longer. That this was like it needs to end immediately. It was. So but now, as a, as a fashionista, like you are now, you could have given her some advice on. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> if I could have found my voice, I could have. Right. Uh, right. Wow, that's, anyway, that's, that's the first vivid memory I have of being, yeah. which I, you, you can't even really call that interacting, to be honest. Yeah, right, that's more Breathing the same air. Yeah, breathing the same <laughs> chair. Yeah. <laughs> Just look. Yeah. Carrie, what about you? What, what do you? Is that the first interaction you remember? No. So I remember in the same way that he like knew of me, we had a lot of, like he said, a lot of mutual friends in common. So I him out but like we were never really friendly until probably like our senior year so yeah. like those early years it was like I knew who he was and I was like oh he's so cute and like weirdly for literally zero good reason because I did not know him like felt this like insane attraction not just because he was so good looking but I was just like there's something about him that is so intriguing to me like I just want to know more about this person but Obviously, you know, like I said, we were both in long-term relationships. Like, oh, that's like a weird thing to just like feel for no good reason, you know? Um, so I think the first memory I have, again, not interacting with him, but um, I saw him, I think it was like in the IK. At, he yep. was in line for probably some sort of a sub would be my guess. <laughs> and just remember like looking at him being like, could for no couldn't explain it but like i love this boy like i don't know nothing about him but i am like so uh, him and like intrigued like it was so bizarre and like such a strong energy that it was just the strangest thing so i remember that like so vividly because i knew absolutely zero about him you must have been ordering ordering, like parm or something something that only watching him unhinge his jaw to like show (laughs) us some super meaty italian sandwich Um. (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah yeah. 
It's funny that you say that though, um, because I felt the same sort of uh, immediate, like, like strong attraction. Like Mm -hmm. it was more than a crush. And if I think back on it, like it's unusual to have this like crush slash weird intrigue fascination with someone you don't really know for four years. Yeah. And like, and just to clarify, I had just gotten out of a long-term relationship. that I really wanted was to get back into a relationship, at least for the you know three and a half years I was single in college. But there was something about her that kept, like, kept. I don't say kept my attention, but like, uh, sort of like, mm-hmm. which is super interesting. Um, and I remember a story. I was, uh, I guess, I was chatting with my uncle on break. I think it was between freshman and sophomore year, mm-hmm. and I must have mentioned Carrie's name. Um, and being, uh, after college, I was chatting about Carrie with my aunt, same uncle. And he was like, I remember you talking about her four years ago. And it's just wow. like, like, that's the sort of thing that's like, it was like more than a crush. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. 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 Just like drawn to her in a weird way that I hadn't been drawn to somebody else before. Wow. So wow, that's really cool. Did your uncle, uh, give you any advice or anything or tell you, or was he just, Taking it all in. Well, like, did you say like? Oh, yeah. Uh, great question, John. Uh, as I I must have mentioned like, oh yeah, there's this great you know girl. It's super cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fascinating when she's got a boyfriend. And his advice was, watch out, he'll pound your face. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so. Uh, and Are you I, dating I, like uh, Ronnie from the Jersey Shore? Or yeah. So that, I think that was sort of another, like out of obviously respect for a yeah. relationship that I was not a part of, like, you know, I kept my distance. Because, right. Right. Um, but yeah, that was just that's yeah. a family thing to do. So did you get out of your relationship because of Carrie and then Carrie, did you get out of yours because of Sean or did they, was the timing just divinely perfect where both of them were heading towards the cliff anyway? You two are right there. Um, for my, so I, I dated somebody for three years of high school and then, um, in like this, like I, I sort of look back and about my high school uh, experience and feel as though I sort of missed out on some things because I was in a, at the time, a long-term committed relationship, Mm -hmm. you know, for three out of those four years. And so when I was about to go to college, I didn't want that same of looking back on college and not feeling like I had the same, you know, feeling I had a repeat experience of high school, uh, especially because the person that I was seeing at the time had gone to a a different school in a different state. Um, So we ended things um, halfway through my freshman year of college. So I had half a freshman year plus three years of college left where I was able to be single. Oh, you were? Carry situations... Yeah, Carrie's situation is a little bit different, but I remember my college uh, experience. Like, you know, I don't want to repeat a similar experience of high school because I, I felt like I, I couldn't experience all of it. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, for me, so I similarly to Sean came into a boyfriend from high school. Mm-hmm. So we dated from I guess it was like junior and senior year of high school. And then actually he went to Villanova as well to really like complicate things. Um, Yeah. So we 
school to college together. We dated all throughout college um, through senior year. He actually graduated, I think it was like a semester early, like halfway through senior year. And I think during was really the first time since what I was 16 that I had like had a little bit of physical space um, from the relationship. And I think with him graduating early, I kind of realized like, oh, is this actually a relationship really want to be in? Or is it something that's just always felt relatively comfortable and familiar? And I've never had enough distance to get that perspective. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, you know, it was kind of like that, that space that I had made me more critically about the relationship I was in. And I think that kind of, you know, indicated to me like, oh, this is, this is probably something that I shouldn't continue on. And I think, you know, I think also being a little bit older, Mm -hmm. you know, probably that, especially when it's someone you've been, you know, seeing since you're a kid, you're 16. Um, So for me, it was like a little bit of a different trajectory, but I think the same kind of sentiment in that it had just gotten to a point where I was like, I don't, I don't think that this is the kind of see for myself. Okay. Okay. I got it. And did you have those feelings while you were in it? Like before he graduated and yeah, you did. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think, so this is really, this is, I remember this like so vividly. Okay. Um, this was after which was a little bit like maybe partially the impetus. I wouldn't say like the cause of, but definitely a contributing factor. It was the second semester of senior year after had already graduated and kind of left like the Philly area had gone back to New York. And, you know, I had like kind of been toying around with this idea of like, I feel like this is, I'm like kind of outgrowing this relationship. I like, Mm -hmm. you know, feel like it's something I want to end, but also fear of like the unknown. Right. And I think like Sean specifically kept coming back to mind because I was like, you know, that could open up a whole lot of opportunity for me. But I think I would go back and forth and be like, well, like end this relationship. And then like Sean's not interested or like I'm just like alone or like whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And I remember like I was in the shower having this conversation with myself back and forth. And (laughs) I like this is so bizarre because again, I didn't know Sean really. Right. But I was just like, I have a feeling that if I end this relationship, there's going to be an opportunity for he and I, and like, we are, we're going to date and that's going to be it. Wow. Because again, he like, not that he was a stranger, but like we'd hung out a handful of times. I really didn't know much about him, you know, other than like, there was this really intense attraction and like intrigue and, um, I wanted to know him better, but yeah, I like very remember that. Wow. And, like, we, at that point, like, we had never even really had a conversation. Like it was super high. Yeah. If we did, it was super high level, like superficial discussion. It wasn't like we yeah. had had like super intense, like deep conversations where we like knew each other. It's weird. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. all the story is if you're trying to decide what to do, just go to your shower for Yes. Yes. Start talking to yourself. (laughs) You hear a voice from heaven. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, but that's great. I mean, that's a strong. And, um, I mean, obviously, it was like years and years and years in the making on both sides, and you probably just were waiting for the right time to finally just roll the dice and kind of step out. Um, and Sean being there helped. I mean, even if you didn't, 
been if you and Sean didn't go to the distance like you are now, him being around, I'm sure it's enough of an impetus for you to just be like, you know what, what I'm currently in just isn't really totally isn't really working. So totally. yeah, I think too, it's, it's interesting. And I think about Sean and I've had this conversation a bunch, but like, you know, at this point we've been dating for 13, it'll be 13 years in August, which wow. sounds crazy. And this yeah. is episode number 13. Shut up. Dude. Is it really? Yeah, it is. Wait, that's wild. Cosmic stuff going on. I don't yeah. know. I'm freaking out. Um, <laughs> I love it. Um, but I think we, we always say we're actually so thankful that we weren't able to date in college because I think we were different than, than we are now. But I think, I don't know that we would have been mature enough or well-equipped enough or like had an understanding of who we were as people to have a successful relationship that actually lasted the way had we been able to date in college, because I think there's just so much stuff, especially in that environment where like, Mm -hmm. it's not always conducive to, to a relationship. And I think also just that age, you're learning so much about yourself and what you want that like, we're so thankful that we actually didn't date during that time because it gave us the opportunity to really get an understanding of who we are and who we wanted to be and what we wanted out of life, which I think really set us up to kind of be on a level playing to get into a relationship and have a strong understanding of the direction that we wanted to move in and like move in together. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's an interesting kind of take because I think one of those lessons is, you know, you can feel something strongly for somebody. You have to act on it right away. Um, yeah. Like maybe you can check and see, is the feeling real? Is it just ephemeral? Um, is there more to it? Do I need to grow a little bit more? Yeah. There definitely is something to be said for, you know, going for the window of opportunity is there, especially when you're getting to your mid thirties. <laughs> <laughs> Still going to bed by yourself. No, but, um, <laughs> um, but, but um, there's also a lot to be said for just waiting and like, rushing into it too quickly um mm-hmm. and i mean maybe you subconsciously or subconsciously were thinking that back during villanova but i'm sure looking back you guys are, are glad that you waited and i mean those those funny awkward moments sean that you're i mean that now they're like just inside jokes that are you wouldn't trade for anything right right totally totally yeah, yeah. So, and i think it's like especially in that in that circumstance in college and your younger years, I think there is kind of like propensity to be a little bit more impulsive, right? Especially when it it comes to like relationships or like the way that like our culture is and you know what I mean? Like, so I think being, being able to say like those feelings real and it doesn't need to be impulsive and like they can last and you can, you know, kind of like take it a little bit slow and really make sure that like, you know what you're getting into and you know, the person that you're getting into it with, mm-hmm. um, like to me really important. Um, and it's something that I think timing thankfully works well for us, but I think it allowed us to like have that a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so then after from Villanova, um, you started officially dating. So what was that life? What was that chapter of life like for you too? Oh. <laughs> it almost didn't happen. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So from my perspective, um, well, 
uh, we'll what? get to we'll get to it. Okay. Um, but on a serious note, <laughs> um, yeah, I like. So I knew obviously she was in a long-term relationship and I knew she had ended her relationship just before or just after we had graduated from college. And I felt a certain type of way of like, just like being the first one (laughs) to like, to like try to get in front of her uh, now that she was single. So I just, like kept my distance um and sort of assumed like you know that was it like you know i had this strong attraction to this person who was in a really respected boundaries and the sanctity of their relationship at the time and it just didn't work out and i just sort of assumed like she would go off and do her thing i would go off and do my thing and like sort of ships in the night it just didn't work and she had reached out to me. I think it was like maybe a month and a half or so after graduation saying, you know, Hey, hope you're well. I'm in the city for, I think an interview, you know, do you want to meet up and get a coffee or something? Um, and beginning of our relationship, but I sort of assumed that we just would never reconnect or at least not in the near future. And I didn't want to, I was hesitant to reach out to her because she was just out of a long-term relationship herself. So um, in terms of how we started dating, I, I honestly think if you didn't reach out, then I don't know if we would have uh, started dating. So, wow. That's crazy. Um, you, but, were, you didn't want to kind of seem like in a way where you were just waiting for her to end it. And then it's like, Oh, she's, Totally. Up, or you're like, I don't want to be a rebound or whatever it may be. Right. And, and to, to um, share a little bit more about how little, how little we actually interacted and know really anything about her relationship. Mm-hmm. So the information that I have now and that Carrie shared during this podcast, I didn't know at the time. So like for all I knew, like he broke up with her and she's devastated or right. she broke up just a temporary thing and they'll get back together so to your point like Mm -hmm. last thing i really want to do is be like you know instagram didn't exist at the time but like sliding into her dms like hours after the relationship (laughs) ended so so yeah i just was like i I didn't know her well enough to read uh and i felt weird doing that anyway so yeah yeah, i truly think that if she didn't reach out to me then i wouldn't have felt like it was appropriate um wow but yeah so we we met up um and then really just yeah. after that. Yeah. Um, but wow. the reason I just started to laugh a little bit is because we had a series of like really awful first, first, second, third dates really? that were like, they were oh, like, yeah. they were like funny. <laughs> like, again, like to your, to your point, like they, we were, the, um, and we wouldn't trade them for anything, but I was like completely devastado because I was like, bro, like you've been waiting four years for these opportunities and you're like literally striking out left and right. So our, <laughs> our first, our first date, uh, she coming from work or coming from an interview, either way, she's dressed like, I think it's pretty sure it was Gucci. Yeah. So she's dressed really well to either interview or work at like a fashion house. So she's got on like five inch heels and I'm just like, Oh, like, let's just sweet date in central park like just like the movies (laughs) so i don't know where the fuck i'm going and i walk her along like this cobblestone path as she's like trying her hardest like to make it on these five inch (laughs) heels and then i sit 
like mosquito infested part of the <laughs> park. So we're trying to have a conversation and just like swatting mosquitoes off and right. And then it starts pouring rain. So he gets fed up and just starts walking like down Broadway <laughs> in barefoot, barefoot while it's pouring. And then I'm trying to hail a cab while she's under like an awning of some oh, building to, to, like, uh, and she's trying to get to a Mets game. So there's like, like time is not on our side and I'm down cabs two cab stop and refused to take us where we wanted to go. They literally were like, where are you going? And I'm like, you know, at basically MSG and like, no, I'm not, no, I'm not going to take you and left. So we had to walk from central oh park to, to Penn a train to go out to her game so that was the first date and i'm yeah. like bro like <laughs> you, you couldn't have done better than this dude it's yeah. insane so that was one yeah literally struck out in every opportunity right like, part yeah. of the day was horrible Kristen, yeah. Kristen will love this reference, but this reminds me of Hitch when he's trying yes. <laughs> he has those dates where he just totally 100%. totally just botched it um 100%. yep but uh, I was subletting a place in oh Brooklyn. God. So the guy I was supposed to live with right out of college um, at the last minute had bailed on our living arrangement. So I then had to go to Craigslist to find a place to live. Couldn't find one. So I a place in Brooklyn from someone that I, that I knew mm -hmm. uh, and they had bed bugs. So I, <laughs> And I'm sleeping in a bed bug infested uh, apartment and we go on a second date uh, to the meeting and she, she starts holding my hand and I'm like, this is fucking amazing. Like, this is what, like I struck out in date one and I'm here, I'm at, at another at bat and she's holding my hand and she's rubbing my thumb with where this huge bed bug bite is. It's killing me, dude. It is itching so bad. And I'm like, I like can't even enjoy what we're doing because I am like about to explode. <laughs> and then she's, because it starts to like, it's like a bump now. She looks and she's like, oh, what is this? Like my whole hand is covered in these bites. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm like, motherfucker, like, what is happening to you? It, so that was our second date. And then what, what was there? Did we? I, oh my! This is. I'm almost positive. It's a this comedy was, of errors. This was still single digits of dating. We weren't. We yeah. weren't dating. We were like going on dates, and so she invited me out to her house for the long weekend for Labor Day. Uh, she. I'm on the train, and she's like, "Hey, like, just making sure you're on the right. You know, you're on the train, and you're on your way." And she's like, great. Can't wait to see you. Oh, by the way, my dad uh, is like you know, pretty aggressive about politics. So whatever you say, just don't don't mention politics when you're talking. And I'm like, <laughs> why would I mention politics to anyone? Like the first time meeting your parents. <laughs> it's in, right. It's insane. So then like the 10 minutes later. No. <laughs> so, so then uh, like 10 minutes later, she's like, hey, uh, while we're thinking about it, uh also don't mention religion probably safe to do that so i'm like i wouldn't do that anyway but now i'm in my head i'm thinking well what can i say and what can i say and she's like she sent text me again and she's like oh one more thing my dad was like super senior in corporate america handshakes and eye contact super important so just make sure you nail that part and i'm like dude and i'm thinking all right don't 
and I, so I, I'm freaking. Did you still uh, have bike advice all over your hand, like your right hand? <laughs> no, I had moved. I had, so I had moved. So thankfully, like the ones on my face had had disappeared. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so the uh, I arrived distracted, like sort of. I, I hear him greet Carrie in the kitchen and the dog is loving me. So I'm purposely sort of like stalling with this dog in the, in the foyer. And he comes out and is like, it's all right, bro. Like grabs my hand and squeezes it. And I'm like, all right, well that at least wasn't a huge fail. It's like successful. Yeah. Shake. 15 minutes later, I go upstairs to use the restroom and I clog the fucking toilet. <laughs> and now I'm like, I'm looking over. <laughs> at this group of family members all having fun. And I am stranded on the second floor of her parents' house because I have no idea where a plunger is. And oh I don't my have my phone <laughs> to text her that there's a catastrophe happening. <laughs> and so I go and try to find one in like her parents' bedroom to salvage this whole arrangement. Thank God you came and were like, why is it taking you 25 minutes? But sure. that could flood the bathroom. Like that could have been fucking terrible. So anyway, I was like doing well for a good portion of our relationship. <laughs> that is amazing. That is like, <laughs> like if you're trying yeah. to like end something with a girl, just do everything Sean just did. Like everything Sean did. If you want an easy way out. If you want an easy exactly way out. Right. Dude, um, exactly right. And, and in my head, I'm thinking, dude, this, I know. this, is, your, this is it. Yeah. Yeah. So Sean, it took you four years to get to this moment and you did everything possible to try to mess it up. But somehow... Yeah. But somehow you just <laughs> skated on through. Found it endearing. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. You saw your uh, but 13 years later, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, how, so you met the family and the parents. Um, how long after you first started dating that happened? Uh, we, I don't think we were officially dating yet. We, yeah. were, we were seeing each other, but yeah. like the discussion about relationship and exclusivity hadn't happened mm -hmm. so it was still I, like in my head it was still like a relationship and it wasn't yet and it seemed like everything was falling <laughs> was apart before it even started <laughs> falling apart in my this is why she didn't want to be exclusive yet she was like let me yeah exactly all the yeah so when you guys yeah. were um i know initially it was draw to each other and you felt like it was more than this pixie dust in a sense but you had this intense draw to each other you started dating you started going out you really liked each other um as you got to know each other more and characteristics about each other that you were attracted to Ooh. good question so i think initially for me he was very easy to and I don't mean that in the sense of just like casual conversation, although that is true, but he felt like a very safe space and he was very even keeled. So it, I didn't feel like, like this is going to be a fight or like, Oh God, I don't know if I need to like not tell you the whole truth or like, he was always very easy to talk to from the start. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, it was a very, a very big difference, I think, from both the way that I grew up and all like prior relationship that I was in. So that was like a really big, I think, one, like something I was really drawn to, but two, really eye opening for me in the sense of relationships that like not every disagreement or not every conversation had to be like a 
just be a conversation. Right. Um, and I, for me, I was like very, very drawn to that. Mm. Yeah. And for me, um, I, I'm not sure there was one quality uh, in particular. I found myself really excited every time we had an opportunity to see each other. And that just seemed to intensify the more, the longer we were together. Um, and I also think there was something about Carrie in our relationship that felt super mature in the sense that it was going to challenge me in ways that I wanted to be challenged. And as I think about the relationship, the long-term relationship I had in high school, it was sort of like immature relationship where you would get in fights about everything. And mm -hmm. there was like, you know, like weird, like jealousy. And this was sort of like, I knew that wasn't going to be the case because Carrie, that type of a person, but also Carrie is very independent. And um, I knew that a relationship with someone like that would challenge me in the right ways to be a better person myself. So I think it was a, more of a combination of time we saw each other and knowing that we would be sort of both be pushing each other in the right direction as we started a relationship and grew together if that makes sense yeah yeah so you felt yourself becoming man and, and human being in general the more you yeah spend time right. With you, right yeah exactly and i think early on um we sort of set the foundation for like what what we would expect individuals mm -hmm. and i think that has echoed through our relationship through today i think that's one of the biggest strengths of our relationship is sort of i look at our relationship as and i think we both do as uh partners who have individual lives that share our lives together mm -hmm. i don't see us having lives that like revolve around each other I think we both have independent lives that choose to share mm -hmm. with one another. And as I think back to the early parts yeah. of our relationship, like I remember, I think it was in like, in the, like two months after we started dating, she went on sort of like a Euro trip with her best friend. And it was just like, I'm going. And it was sort of one of those, you know, maturation periods where it was like, I want her to go do her own thing, but this is brand new. And should I be worried? Should I be jealous? Like, yeah. I don't, I don't know her well enough to know what she's doing abroad, but I also like have no right to, to like need to know that. It, like, so it was like, those are the types of things where I felt like this is going to be good for me to help build that trust where we don't, a part of everything that we do. And that I think sort of let me know, okay, well, you know, you are going to have your life and experiences with your friends and that sort of uh, reinforced the fact the same thing. Like we don't need to have this relationship where everything we do is with each other. We can have these experiences mm, yeah. and then come back and share. Mm -hmm. So I think that's like the things like that, drew me closer to her because I saw that as a way sort of, I saw that possible mm -hmm. uh, and also <clears throat> a way that I wanted to live my life too. And it just, we seem to have grown in the same direction over time, which has been great. Yeah. That sounds like a really healthy approach and there's no signs of 
be there or, mm-hmm. you know, an over, over excessive need. And Sean, as you're saying that it, I was thinking about the fact that if you probably are, are not grappling with anything internally when you're dating someone, like if you feel inside that there's nothing that pull you or stretch you or whatever, then you're probably, you know, you might want to check what kind of relationship you're in. Maybe it's too easy, too comfortable, whatever it may mm-hmm. be. And also it sounds like you loved Carrie enough at that point where you said, you know what, I don't have a choice whether I like it or not. And I just have to, I have to learn to trust her. Like I have to learn to kind of, you know, they say the more you love someone, the less tightly you hold on to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that sense, it felt like, you know, it was for you to just trust her and say, I'm like, this is going to be great. Everything's going to work out. Um, and yeah. yeah. And yeah, Carrie, it sounds like, I mean, you obviously felt like you could just, you know, you didn't need shot. <laughs> take him everywhere you went right the instagram uh, friend <laughs> yeah exactly right although i would love someone to take the photos um, oh, right yeah now you know <laughs> now i know um yeah but i think i mean that that is definitely i think in very independent in that sense mm-hmm. um in relationships like i i like to have my own space and my own things it's always something that's been really important to me so i think you know, as we kind of like together, that was definitely something that was important in our relationship as well. Mm-hmm. And it, it's interesting because I think a lot of people, when you look at your your partner or your significant other, you look at them as your girlfriend, your husband, your wife, mm-hmm. and it's an extension of you. And you think about them in the context of like how they behave in your life. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think in doing that, you lose sight of the fact that they're a completely different person with their. And I think if you yeah. can be in a relationship where you have that space and you give the other person the ability to do that and go out and go after the things that they want for themselves and trust that they will still be there for you maybe not in the exact envision it, but you know that they're your partner and they'll show up. I think that's really where your relationship can, can grow and become something even better and a bigger, you know, bigger support to you than you ever thought mm-hmm. possible. Just maybe in a. Yeah. So can you have a balance there where the, the person is an extension of you and you know, you're part of them, they're part of you, and there's mutual responsibility, and you kind of, you feel intertwined. But then there's also, well, like, totally take responsibility for this person, because they are their own independent entity. Like, is there, is there a space there where, because obviously, I mean, I would guess that in relationships like the ones you have, you want to be independent, but not too independent, and dependent, but not too dependent. So is there like a healthy space you feel like that you guys have created? And I think so. I also think it's like, like a relationship is not always 50, 50, right? Like there are going to be times where you're and like, you're showing up for each other in the exact way you need. And like, you know, you're sharing responsibilities and all of that. But I think actually probably more often than not, someone needs a little bit more support or like someone mm-hmm. is having a rough time or really going after something that they want in their life. So it's, it's really this ebb and flow. So yeah. I think you have to have that for it to be a successful, longstanding relationship. Otherwise, if you have these expectations on the other person that they need to show up in this exact way, 
relationship for it to be successful. Yeah. You're going to be disappointed and there's going to be resentment because that's not, that's not real. Like that can't yeah. always happen. You're not going to have your best day every single day. And I think that's really what partnership is about is understanding that and saying, I will be there for you and I will show up the best that I can, however you need me to, mm-hmm. but it's not always going to be in that like picture perfect as you imagined it capacity. Yeah. That's really important. I think the expectation part and not putting an unrealistic burden on your partner. Um, You know, Sean, as you mentioned, like motivating them, challenging them to bring their best self every time if they can. But obviously there are seasons where um, maybe they can't for whatever reason, you know? And yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, I think too, like a a big piece of it is, that foundation of trust. Right. And I think understanding that that person, you're in a healthy relationship, like that person does have your best interest at heart. Right. And that like, if they're going to push you or if they're going to like communicate certain things, it's not to be malicious and it's not, not, you know, to X, Y, Z, it's actually them like trying to support you and trying to push you to be better. So yeah. I think it's important to have that level of trust because without that, it's like, well, you're just kind of being a jerk or like, you know, like it's important yeah. to have that foundation foundation. Then I right. think those things come, but without it, like, you know, it, it can be a little bit dicey. Yeah. You can see past whatever initial like offense or slight that you think the person is totally. doing and you're like, all oh, right, this is not what she, she actually matters. It's not what he meant. Remember, um, a friend of mine, his dad and his dad's wife. So his, they were both working, living together. I think they were married. I'm not sure. But anyways, um, he got let go from his job. It was a big job. He got fired and let go. She was getting up every morning at 5 a.m. and going to work. And he was unemployed. And he was still getting up at 5 a.m. every day. And he would just do something. He'd get up. He'd like read the newspaper, go exercise or whatever. And I said to my friend, I was like, why is your dad getting up all like he's he just got fired from his job and and he's like well you have to understand like when you're in a relationship with somebody like that and you're living together then you have to get up when they get up because the other person will really feel like that they're being pulled down in a sense so and pretend you know like they do in japan sometimes like wait put on a suit pretend like you're going to work (laughs) when you really don't have a job but i thought that was actually a cool balance of like okay i am going to get up and i am going to show my wife that you know, I am being responsible and I am caring with us. I'm not going to sleep in, but yeah. I don't have to pretend like everything's okay. I can, like, I can feel free to say like, yeah, I got fired and it, this sucks. But so I thought that was a cool balance. When you told me that it kind of stuck with me because I, I realized how much of, um, ownership they were. Yeah. I think it's interesting too, like in, in that sense, it kind of all comes down to like the communication of it. Right. Yeah. And it's like, mm-hmm if you can, if you can communicate kind of like how you're feeling and this like all the time. And it's something that I think has, it took us a while to get there, but like, we will certainly voice those things. And if it's like, you know, a complaint or if it's like a problem we're having or like whatever it is, we'll like, I just need to vent or I I'm looking for a solution because I think those things can take the conversation in like two totally different directions. Right. And like, if he's coming to me and he's like, I had a terrible day at work and I'm like, Oh, well you could do this. Or have you thought about this? And he's 
tell you I had a shit day. That's it. And it's like a very different experience. But if he starts it as like, I just need you to listen and I don't need a solution. Then it like puts me in the headspace of like, I know what you're looking for. And I can be that sounding board for you. Mm -hmm. Um, Like communication of like where you're at and like what your headspace is, is really important because it helps your partner be there for you in a better way. And in a way that is like what you're actually looking for, because I think both things can be helpful, mm-hmm. but if you don't know how to land, it's like, you could be trying to say all the right things and it's just not what they need to hear at that yeah, moment. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's something that we try to try to do as much as we can. That's that's yeah. That's really cool. Carrie. That's um, yeah. Very mature. I mean, like of some potential argument or fight and, um, and also expressing what you need right there in the moment. I'm sure Sean, Loves to hear, hey, I just I just need to vent right now. And Sean's like, all right, great. I'm just going to kick back. And <laughs> I, don't, I, don't have to, I don't have to tell my therapist. <laughs> it makes it easier for me. But no, that's that's very cool. And um, I'm glad you said that. I think that was important for people to hear. Um, because, yeah, on the other end, Sean might feel pressure to say, you know, what does she need from me? And you're like, expressing what you need. And um, very wise and prudent. Um, and so, Sean, sorry, were you going to say something? Yeah, I, I just want to quickly revisit. I think it's this we have I think we have a really good balance of trust and understanding of expectation. I think they work um, together in the sense that like there is almost a base expectation of this relationship that we know that we and the other person are gonna be doing that we can do at that time so there's that base level expectation but aside from that there we i do my best and i think carrie does as well not to impose expectations on the other person Mm -hmm. Uh, that i think keeps our relationship healthy and independent uh where we don't have uh this underlying resentment or animosity um, and it goes saying that the person is doing the best that they can in the moment and not taking advantage. Mm. And I think a, a good example of this, you know, sort of touching on the story that you told about your friend's dad, mm. when I, in July, I had expected to feel like I was just like, like flying super high and like I so I envisioned myself quitting like George Costanza and like kicking monitors over and like living <laughs> my best life and months that followed I was unbelievably depressed and I didn't expect I sort of you know I, I had done enough self-work that I knew that was a possibility but uh so I wasn't totally blindsided but I was like it was so hard for me to get out of bed and Carrie had just you know, I've been working just as hard, if not harder than I had been, then quits her job and immediately starts her, her own company and is just killing it. And I am struggling to get out of bed, move from the bedroom to the couch. And one of the things that I love about our relationship and I love about Carrie is there was no point in that period where she made me feel inadequate, less didn't put these expectations on me. Like I'm up having conference calls. What are you doing with your spare time? Because mm-hmm. there was this base level understanding that even though it might not look at, look like it, Sean is doing the best he can for himself in this moment. And 
this expectation that he does X, Y, and Z mm-hmm. for me or for himself. So I think like that to me is super important because like we yeah. talked about earlier, that everyone is sort of operating on their own wavelength and no matter how well you communicate, is going to know how the other person is doing. Mm. Um, so this idea of having a base level of expectation, but not imposing your own expectations yeah. on the other person is like, I think one of the things that's kept our relationship so solid almost 13 years. That's amazing. That's, that's a great, um, that's a great anecdote and that thanks for sharing that and, and the vulnerability too. I mean, that's, that's that sounds like an, a really cool balance and Carrie, that was really, it was strong of you to show him that grace and let him, you know, not give him a fish, but like, te- like let him teach himself how to fish in a way, <laughs> like give him that <laughs> space and time. And um, yeah, that's really cool. I think that's, I think the expectation communication part of that is really important. For um, you know, if people, I feel like if they, if the people in a relationship communicate a little bit better, then the relationship would just be amplified by so much. You know, I feel like so many fights or arguments or pressure by communication um, and oh, yeah. by those expectations that people set for each other. Um, yep. So that's, that's really cool to hear. So have, Sean, were there any big seminal moments you would say, or big pivotal moments in your relationship with Carrie where um, either relationship maybe went to a next level or you said to yourself like, yeah, this is, this is a woman I want to, you know, make my life partner and, and spend the rest of my years with. Yeah, that was one of them last summer. Yeah. Um, and so I had <clears throat> in sort of in the back of my head, I had known since day one that I was going to be leaving the financial industry and I didn't deal with it. Well, I sort of internalized motivated myself in unhealthy to keep with it. Um, and there were points along that 12 year journey where I just like wanted to drop everything and leave. And it, it wasn't a healthy way of dealing with my current circumstances, but it was the only way I really knew how to sort of understand what I thought would be a healthy next step. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, drive. I was at, we were, Carrie and I were out in Long Island at her parents' house and she and I were driving back from, I don't know, dinner or something. Her, like, I just want to leave. I just want to like move to Costa Rica for a year or something. And like hit the reset button. And I remember her saying like, if, like, if that's what you need to do, like, we'll make it work. I'll wait for you. Like you do your thing and you know, whatever you think you need and sticks with me because it, it has been, it wasn't just, lip service like it she has said that every time i've had some mini crisis while working in the financial industry she's been there to say like basically or take the time that you need mm-hmm. um and and then like i mentioned she did that she she didn't say that she acted that last summer when i took the time and it, it went through this like emotional roller coaster she would have mm-hmm. and really was just like you know any anything i thought i needed at the time she was there to say yeah do it you know like so so i think that's i think this transition period for me has been for myself but also for the relationship mm-hmm. um so i think it's just it's sort of been this recurring theme um and she's been nothing but supportive the whole the whole way wow that's amazing i'll wait for you that's those are words that every guy wants to hear yeah every <laughs> 
that movie has the head somewhere in the script. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't try that 20 years from now. You're like, I'm just going to move to Vegas for a year. But <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, no, that that's really. It seems like, you know, I find often that it's in those kind of valleys, not the mountaintops, but the valleys where relationships get really strong and grow mm-hmm. exponentially. And it's funny, like as probably Americans more, but when people are in a relationship, it's like you want to avoid those valleys. You want to, you don't, even even if you're going through a valley, you don't want to express it. You don't want to show it because you're like, what the, what's the person going to think? But, you know, you just proved Sean that and Carrie that when you guys talk about it and keep it real and and almost just engage with those valleys um that it opens up your your world with your, with your partner in such a new way as you mentioned um you know you would never like when when i asked the question you answered it was like a tough time for you and you didn't know what you were doing you're confused and those are the times you knew carrie was the one right. you know, without those kind of moments you know it it may not have happened so um, that's really cool. That's very cool to hear. And what about you, Carrie? Any any moments yeah. you can think of where uh, the relationship was like a turning point or where you just saw like the longevity that you wanted with Sean? Yeah, I think for me, it was pretty early on. And I think it was kind of what Sean was talking to. Like he, whether he was as comfortable with it as he, he let on. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> like he gave me the space that I felt like I needed to really understand like what I wanted. Let me do the things that I kind of have, have that life outside of our relationship. And to me, that was something that was really important because I think, you know, you probably know this. He definitely knows this. I'm the kind of person that like, I'm going to do what I want to do. So it's either going to be a fight or it's not. Um, and I think by knowing that, like, I have, I have that space and I can kind of like do those things that I need to do and not worry about it having to be this thing, um, that to me, this is going to work. Yeah. Um, so I think that recognizing that, um, was probably one of the the first things where I was like, yeah, this is it. Yeah. He, he let Carrie be Carrie, which is great. Exactly. Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. How has being entrepreneurs and starting your own businesses affected your relationship? This is a good one. This is a really good one. Um, I have an idea. You want to jump in? No, of course not. All right. For me, it's definitely, it's kind of one of those moments where I think we are focused more on our own individual things right now at this point in our relationship. And I think the reason that that is working is because we have that foundation of understanding that we're going to be there for each other when push comes to shove, but we're maybe not going to be as available at this current season to each other as we currently are. And I think that this is kind of one of those times where we need to be more vocal about what we need um, because we're so heads down on our own, building our own things right now. Um, so I think, I think that's been something that's interesting and definitely like a big area of learning for us. It's also, I think, shown me things in myself that maybe I hadn't realized about how I can be when I'm under a lot of pressure and how I can act. Um, 
to like the people that are are closest to me. Mm-hmm. So I think it's been it's been eye opening like this this current season. And there's definitely been a lot of learning in that capacity of like how can I better voice what I need or what's frustrating me respond in a way that feels like, you know, it's him, but like, no, it's actually something that's going on with me that I'm like stressed and it has nothing to do with what you're doing. So like, how can I be better about communicating those moments? So he knows, um, I think that's a big thing kind of currently. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, before I jump in, uh, on my side, one thing I want to just quickly tie back to earlier in our conversation Mm-hmm. about um you mentioned um how we'll start a conversation with like you know i just need you to listen or i'm looking for a solution to give the other person an idea of sort of what the role is that our partner needs us to play i think another thing that's been is sort of teaching ourselves to almost request time mm-hmm. from the other person um so and this has been super relevant now that Carrie has her own business and is working around the clock, like if there's something super, it's not necessarily super urgent to her. Of course, if it's important to me, it's important to her, but she's got her own thing going on, whether it's working for a corporation or doing her own thing. So we've sort of trained ourselves to say like, Hey, listen, you know, something I want to talk about. Do you have 15 minutes? And more often than not, the answer is not right now, but how about, like in an hour or how about in a half an hour? And I think that helps the relationship so that it doesn't feel like I'm just dumping my shit on her when she's in the middle of something. So I think that the vein of communication and, and little things that we've started to do. And I think I wanted to mention it because it, it, it come up recently since we are both working so much and we are focusing more on our own thing Mm -hmm. rather than something that's being built together. For me, uh, one, I don't know if I, this is, I think oh, the boy. first time you're going to hear this, but um, <clears throat> so just so, some context, um, when I had alluded to um, ways I had motivated myself or drivers in the industry for as long as I did, a huge portion of that was the drive to be financially secure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as I've done some work on myself, I've seen this thread, this continuity between um, fear of failure and scarcity mindset and not having the financial means to be comfortable has sort of run this thread through all of the decisions I've made, including the decision to go and dance at Villanova and the decision to, to join the financial industry and not leave when I knew it wasn't healthy. And so when I left the financial industry, um, one of the things that was really challenging was that was the sole driver. And now I didn't have that, or I didn't want that to be the driver of my actions. So now how do I conduct myself and how do I take the next step? And as I focus on what that next step is going to be for me, it's really difficult for me to see Carrie knock it out of the park immediately. And not only is she firing on all cylinders, with building her portfolio of clients and building her brand, but she's also killing it financially. And as I look at my own situation, I'm still super confused about what I want to do with the time that I've carved out for myself on this sabbatical. And the financial aspect of those decisions has not been a driver of how I am 
this, you know, 12 to 18 month period. Right. But it's, I'm constantly being reminded of that as I'm witnessing Carrie explode in a successful way. So that for me has been super challenging. And mm-hmm. I've done the work to not have it be a trigger. And every time I feel that way, I see myself automatically looking at the positive and being like, yeah, but dude, you're doing this, but yeah, but you're doing this or dude, you're so close. That's been a huge challenge for me. And it, it, and what's even more challenging is I am simultaneously so proud and in all of the things that she's doing. So it's like, there's this inner struggle of like, I'm super supportive and I'm proud of her. Everything she is working so hard to get and I can't help but a part of me be like, that's not what you're looking for right now. That's why you left the financial industry because mm-hmm. that's not supposed to be your number one. It's been this yeah. back and forth for me, but but it's it's awesome to see and really hard at the same time. Yeah, right, right, right. I know as, as Carrie's biggest cheerleader, I know that you're you're thrilled for her <laughs> success. Um, yeah. And I think that's something that's probably that men probably might struggle harder with, I would, I would guess over time, because it's been so ingrained, you know, watching our parents grow up and seeing our father's work and, um, you know, always be providing and so forth. It's almost like ingrained in us as we get older to be mm-hmm. the provider, do this, make sure you're financially secure, as, as you said. And of course, women feel that way too, but um, it, it's like a shot to the ego. Like, I definitely know what you mean. Uh, shots of the pride but at the same time you're like well my time will come like i i know that as i continue to plant these seeds like i'm going to harvest something i know the harvest is going to come um but in the meantime you're like carrie can i borrow five bucks no <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <rent> this <laughs> yeah. i'll Venmo you in a couple of years um, yeah. <laughs> just add it to my tab yeah. yeah yeah no but i appreciate you sharing that because yeah it's like I mean, work is part of all, like everyone's identity, you know, and women, older, younger, people of all backgrounds, like our work, especially in New York or especially in LA, like on the coast, you mm-hmm. know, really becomes part of our identity. And yeah, it's, it's, um, it's tough sometimes to do that, but obviously all the sweat equity and all the, you know, everything you're learning is something you probably can't put a price on. And We'll reap one day, but it's different. I'm sure working in the financial industry, Sean, as you did for 12 years, it was like the harder I work and the more I show up, <laughs> the more the checks go. Right. Yeah. And now it's yeah. like the more harder I work, and like you're not seeing probably the same give and take or reciprocal relationship there as you probably yeah. were expecting. And obviously, being, being in finance, because you worked in the private sector, right? Well, I did uh, no public. Public. Oh, okay. What's public? Okay. But anyways, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, finance has been a roaring industry for a while. So to go from that to the creative space, um, obviously, is a big leap. Um, To your point, I mean, it's, I'm sure it's great. I'm sure Carrie feels, you know, very supportive. I'm sure it's easy. You know, I could see some couples maybe who aren't in as much as a healthy space as you are. Maybe one person makes the other person feel bad. They get jealous or they manipulate or it's one of those things. But um, as you guys have shown throughout the whole episode, I mean, you do have such a great equal foundation that you built upon. Um, so, you know, I appreciate you sharing that. <laughs> uh, 
comment on and when it comes to being in a relationship as two people uh, that are small business owners? Yeah, I think, um, you know, as I look at what Kerry has accomplished um, in such I'm super, super proud of her. Um, but what's been really important and meaningful to me is the support she's shown me when I look at my small wins in a totally different way. So look at the things she's doing, I'm blown away. Um, but she has, you know, whether, um, whether intentionally or subconsciously, she has shown me the same place to be as excited with the things I've done, even though they're not on the same scale. So mm. when I show her, say, a pair of shoes I designed or customized, or I show her a photograph I've taken, like she's genuinely so proud of the of the product. So that has been super reassuring and um, uplifting for me because I don't see that as being the same type of growth and she is showing her perspective. Yeah. So it's like a, it's a reminder that, oh yeah, I'm on this path for a reason. And, and someone who means so much to me is also seeing the value that I'm adding, even though I'm not focused on that. So, yeah. Yeah. um, because, um, I think it's been a lot of the growth that she and I have gone through are completely in completely different ways. And it, even though I just spent some time talking about the challenges, I wanted to also mean quite a lot to me, mm. you know, whether Carrie knows it or not, but it's those small wins that she is supporting that sort of keep me, you know, on yeah. the same path that I started. Yeah. So that's, it actually kind of makes me think of something. I feel like it's actually been a, a pretty continuous thread throughout the conversation we're having, but mm-hmm. it's this idea for as, almost as long as we've been dating and as long as I've known Sean, he's always talked about this like moment when he's going to get out of the financial industry, thing that he's truly passionate about and like really have that time to like explore what it is that he feels like he's called to do. And I think watching him do that has been really cool and it has changed our relationship in in different ways but i think part of that is not having a certain expectation about the role that i want him to play in Mm. my life right and seeing him as his own independent person partner and i think i think that's you know a lot of times where people can get hung up, especially when it's big life decisions like that. Because of course, before both of us quit our jobs, we sat down and we talked about it, but it was asking each other for permission. It was like, this is what I need to do for myself to be happy. How are we going to show up and do that together and be support to each other as we, we go through that. And I think, you know, with that, when you're on another person, when they decide to do that, it changes your life too. And I think it could have been a very different path if either of us had operated from that headspace of like, oh, well, like I was hoping to be married or to have a house or to da da da. And now or afford to do that on my own if you're quitting your job. And right, that's like a whole yeah. other trajectory. And I think by giving each other the space to like explore what it is that we as individuals want to do and that will make us feel the most fulfilled. 
has really allowed us to like go off and do these things, but at the same time, like strengthen our relationship immensely. And there's this quote that I'm probably going to butcher, but I, I, I read it and I was like, Oh my God, this is so amazing. And it's someone long-term is to attend basically the funerals of all the people that they were. Mm, wow. And I think to me, it's like, if you are going to be with somebody for the long haul, you're going to want in different phases and become all of these different people. And in doing that, you have to say goodbye to the versions of themselves that they were in order for them to grow and flourish and really, I think, come into the person that they're meant to be. And that's something I, actually in this phase of our relationship is like giving each other the space to do that and being okay with what it means to kind of leave behind. Yeah. Great. Wow. Good point. That's a really good point. And that's a really cool quote. It reminds me of, um, I don't know who the guy was, but he said, you know, my wife has been with 20 different men since I've been married to her and they've all been me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. The same kind of thing. And um, yeah. Wow. That, that's a really powerful notion. And something, um, what, again, when it comes back to expectations is that, you know, the person you meet, I guess, for the first time, you know, obviously there's, they are the same person in some way, the same positive qualities and characteristics, but they do adapt and we're never stagnant people. And it's yeah. like, you can't, you got to be prepared for that change to come and support them. And it sounds that's, and I'm sure you're seeing a difference. I mean, you've been with Sean for so long, but I'm sure you're seeing an even different side of him now that he's in a totally yeah. and. And yeah. um, it just helps the relationship grow. Like, yeah, it might, the stability or the uh, financial stability might not be as what it was, but you're seeing him in a whole new light, which is actually a lot better um, for both of you and, yeah. and for him as well. And I mean, attending someone, when you say like attending someone's funeral, it's like this maybe dark macabre thing, but it's actually not. It's like a new regeneration, a new life of yeah. who the person is. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, which is really cool. So. So then looking forward, um, so Carrie, you kind of mentioned this, but uh, have you guys talked about marriage? Is marriage something that's in your future? Um, and why or why not? Yeah. So this is a question we get probably the most from my mom. <laughs> Unsurprisingly. I'm, I'm, um, yeah, Kath is actually here. Kath is like, she's on the line. Yeah. Um, no, we've definitely, definitely think for, I won't speak for Sean, but for me, it's not necessarily something that is super important to me um, in the sense of like, you know, having the ceremony and doing the wedding. I think I feel super committed, super committed and I think we will do something at mm-hmm. some point, but it's definitely not like the pomp and circumstance of a wedding. That is definitely cool for other people. And if you're into that, go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think just knowing myself and knowing our really feel like a fit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's more about celebrating our commitment to each other and our relationship. Um, and I think when we choose to do that, it will probably not look so much like a wedding, but we'll definitely have the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I just had this discussion couple days ago with someone who is (laughs) 10 years younger than us and going through a period that we went through when we were in our mid twenties. Wow. And I remember 
um, all the pressure, mm-hmm. I can't imagine the pressure that Carrie was getting, but I was getting a ton of pressure mm-hmm. from friends, family, and colleagues of like, you've been with this person now for four years. When are you going to propose? And there was this expectation that was sort of being imposed on our relationship. Mm-hmm. That was really tough to get through. And I remember I had this strategy where I would check in with Carrie. We sort of joked around. It was like every 90 days we would check in on like two major points, marriage and children. And we did that for a long period of our early relationship to make sure we were still on the, there were no surprises and to give the other person the plenty of opportunities to voice any change in opinion. Um, and so th- we have thankfully grown in the right direction, right direction, but in the same direction um, where there haven't been any surprises along the way. Um, but I remember a conversation we had early on in our relationship about marriage. We were getting so much pressure on both sides that we were sort of most committed to it because it meant so little to us and so much to the people who were important to us. So it was like, if we're committed as a relationship and we're not super religious uh, and we don't see much changing about our relationship, Mm -hmm. it sounds like we're sort of indifferent about the entire exercise. And would it mean more to other people? family and friends happy and we ultimately decided like no that's not what our relationship has been based on we're not going to make decisions that we don't want to make for ourselves and so i think that has remained constant as we've been acknowledged the fact that we're in a long-term monogamous Mm -hmm. relationship where we are independent individuals sharing choosing to share our lives together but the idea of the traditional path where you are at 28 married at 30 house at 32 kids by 34 no later than like that just doesn't align with what we see for ourselves and i completely agree with carrie at some point i would like to celebrate our relationship family in some form but i also don't see us going down the path of having the traditional wedding that we've all been invited to countless times. So, but I do think the, the communication part was your, your stance on things like kids and marriage and home ownership and living in the city versus the suburbs can change dramatically as you're changing as a person. So, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I literally was just someone who did like, again, like going back to our discussion earlier about, Carrie saying like, I'm going on a trip with my friends. Like it was, it was informing me that that was an option that I can do that too. And as I'm having this discussion about how at this point in our relationship to someone who is 10 years younger, I like saw the look on her face, like, Oh, that's an option. Like yeah. it's so deeply ingrained in us that this is the path that you must follow. If you're right, a part right. of like, it was, like this light bulb going like oh maybe i don't want that maybe yeah. maybe i want some yeah that's funny that you just recently had that too that discussion no joke two days ago yeah yeah um no but in and i like what you said 
the check-in every 90 days about those big big life moments, things that people like typically go through and when you're at that age. And um, even if you do or don't, don't want it, like I have a couple of friends who are older and they're mid to late 40s. And one guy is divorced, already has kids. And he tells me all the time definitively, he's like, I will never have kids again. I don't even know if mm-hmm. I want to get married, but I definitely will not have kids. And I'm like, well, what if you meet the girl of your dreams? And she wants your mind and he's like you don't understand i've have three kids i'm never changing another diaper in my life yeah <laughs> and he says yeah. that and he says that on his dates he gets it out of the way early you know he yeah. establishes up front he looks at big life moments that are he puts to the forefront and says yes or no to one of them and tells that person that mm. so yeah. um and you obviously were very you two are very thoughtful about it um and i'm sure it was both of your moms who have been <laughs> <laughs> like they're at Jared or they're at Zales being like, Sean, I'll get the ring for you. Just yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, that's a different different mentality. Is there any is there any, I guess, fear? Because a lot of people when they get married, you know, it's a security thing, right? We're here, like spiritually, legally, whatever, like we're we're bound in a way where it's tough to get out. And some people feel like, oh, if I'm in a marriage I want to be in, it's tough to get out. Other people yeah. say, well, if we're both happy and we're married, it's like another layer of security and like another foundation. Yeah. Have any fear, I guess, on, on the opposite end of that, of like that there may be like less security, quote unquote. Yeah. Rec- I that's rec- actually what I love about it. Yeah. Um, in my mind, I'm not opposed to marriage in the sense of committing to right. someone else. I don't love the like institutionalized idea of it. And there's something to me that I really love about the idea of actually not having that kind of like legally bound where I wake up every day and this is what I choose to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is who I choose to be with. And I'm not saying that people in marriages don't do the same because it's, it's work, right? And you're making right. that conscious decision to show up, but because there is not that security or something really truly binding you that takes work to get out of um it's almost makes us more conscious of it and it be more top of mind that it's something mm-hmm. we're truly committed to and really working at so you have to be almost more intentional more intentional with it yeah yeah 100 yeah it's like it i think carrie and i look at it in a way that like a formal legal marriage is really sort of an obstacle for someone who wants uh it's a hurdle and for us to carrie's point we're choosing every day to be together i feel like it's more secure i think it's i think i have i trust that carrie wants to be in this relationship more because there's not a legal uh, of the two of us so i would agree 100 and in fact going back to the conversation i had a couple of days ago that was one of the arguments that she mentioned her parents had made and uh, the idea of getting married married to your significant other as a form of secure relationship security is not the way i look at it at all so it's it's interesting how many people look at it that way when in the completely different way yeah yeah it's um yeah, I, I feel like some people could say, um, well, let's just kind of like do this because it's a, it's like what we're supposed to do or 
Um, you know, you know, and I love marriage. I mean, I want to get married one day and it's, it's more about, I think obviously like choosing that person. Um, so I don't want to sound that, but I think that obviously knowing that the security of choosing that be with and showing up for them, um, you're basically saying like, I don't need some kind of legal, legal jargon or legal slip to tell me that I love Sean or that I love Carrie. Yeah. You know, Um, and I think it's not to knock marriage because I think different people do it for different reasons. I think just for, for us and the way that we look at it, I think that's, that's kind of what it represents, you know? Yeah. And hey, maybe you get married when you're like 70, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Looking our best, feeling great. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Have a huge party when you're 70 years old. Yeah, exactly. Carrie Lumbeck does have a great ring to it, I will say. It does. <laughs> I, think yeah, probably, nice I think I'd probably be Sean Clark the second. But. <laughs> yeah. Be a Sean Clark taken. <laughs> yeah. You have, to ask, you have to ask her brother for permission. <laughs> for permission, yeah. <laughs> to share his name. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then what about um, what about kids going forward? I mean, you guys have great. Obviously, it would be a crime if oh. you didn't. If you didn't read genes. I know. <laughs> we talked about this a lot. And I think I think at one point we thought like, oh, maybe our minds will change. Or like maybe we'll want kids. But like again, it's been a thing we've like checked in with each other frequently. And we're just like, it's, I don't see it in the cards, you know? Yeah, I don't either. Yeah. Um, and the way Carrie uh made a point to say nothing against marriage for people who find that to be Right. Nothing right. against people who have kids yeah. or yeah. feel like kids are important to them. But the more I'm around kids, the more. The, so the more I'm around kids, the more I feel like I would be a great father. Mm-hmm. But because it's not for me. Mm. Um, we have an awesome two and a half year old dog. That is plenty. And the, the idea of having kids for me just doesn't resonate the same way it does with someone like my best friend. Yeah. My best friend, young age, he wanted to be a dad. It was one of the things that was high on his list, whether he was married to someone who wanted kids or he would adopt, he knew he was going to be raising children. And for me, yeah, cool. that sentiment hasn't changed since I sort of knew that it just wasn't for me. And thankfully, like we said earlier, like Carrie and I have, been consistent in all the the heavy hitting items where thankfully we've sort of grown in the the same direction and i don't see that yeah i also think like other people's kids are great i love other people's kids (laughs) and happy for them to belong to other people right yeah Um, you can just wait for kristen and and your brother sean to exactly right do that bird then yeah you get the best of both worlds I'm like fun ant material over here. That's what we got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> awesome. Um, and then just to, as we kind of wind up the episode, um, any kind of piece of like comments that you guys want to end with? Um, it could be, you know, what your future looks like um, mm. as a couple or anything looking back that you would kind of want the world to hear. I feel like you got something on the tip of your tongue, so go. Uh, yeah, something came to mind. I think the, less less about our relationship, mm-hmm. more about how what I'm learning about living my own 
five. Um, I think it's super, super important to do all the work on yourself that you need to do to be the best version of yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think will sort of open up a new perspective on how you as an individual want to live your life. And that will translate into all of the relationships that you have, not just romantic. Mm-hmm. So when we talk today, like res- mutual respect and mm-hmm. um, expectations and filling up your own cup, you know, first before you fill up the cup of your partner, like all of those things are super important to do. I think you need as an individual to have a baseline awareness of what those things are Mm. for yourself. It's really hard for me to, uh, I don't want to use the word expect, but it's really hard for some you in a way that you want them to, if you don't know what you need to be the best version of yourself. So I think yeah. less, uh, less advice or less parting words on a relationship, more parting words on doing power to be the best actualized version of who you are. I think that will automatically translate into healthier relationships and attract the people into your life that are beneficial for you. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I would say like kind kind of the same which is interesting but no no I think (laughs) I know god I think especially I'll say this especially as a one relationship Mm -hmm. the first thought that came to my mind was it's it's okay to be selfish and I mean that in a way of I think selfish has a really bad connotation when it really just means acting in your own best doing the things that you want to do. And I think kind of to Sean's point, if you're not doing that for yourself and you're putting that expectation on your partner of this other person is going to make me happy, or, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this thing. I feel like I should do this thing. That's where I think a lot of resentment lives and breathes. And it's really important to make sure you can show up for yourself and understand the things that you want and create boundaries for the things that you're not, that you don't want. Because I think to, to mirror Sean's point, that's where you're going to attract the kind of person that, you know, like attracts like, right? So it's, if you're setting those boundaries and, and you're showing up for yourself, it kind of shows the person in life how to also show up for you in a way that is, I think, a lot more healthy and really actually reflects what you want and need. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say, don't, don't be afraid to, to be selfish or act a little bit selfishly. Or just to be your own authentic self yeah. in general. Um, yeah. because yeah, that's the only way that the person can see the, see the real version of you. I mean, you can, yeah. as you know, as we all know, you can go show up to dates and kind of put on a facade or put on and, yep. um, kind of skate through, but it serves nobody, you know? And, um, no, I, I totally love that. Um, you know, love that. I think that's, you know, how going back to the part of the cornerstones of part of the reason is because, you know, every part of the, every part of a relationship is a brick by brick process. And, um, you know, when you have two foundations come together like that, just, it creates a strong unification where you can continue to build upon something good. So, yeah. 
that. I like that a lot. Um, well, you two have been a pleasure to speak with. Thank you so much for your time. Right back. Yeah, right thanks here. for having us. Of course. It's been a really, really fun, um, enjoyable. Um, I've learned a lot. I'm sure everyone who listens to this is. Um, and yeah, thank you just to both of you for coming on, for being vulnerable and genuine and, and sharing your love story. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Of course. Of course. 13 down and 100 more to go, right? <laughs> That's right, dude. Marathon, baby. We got When is the 13? Is it in August or when? It's yeah. while we're in Montauk. So, so are we going to start to celebrate or what? Exactly. <laughs> I'll, I'll call Dill up. <laughs> Yo, Dill. I got to get him on the podcast next. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but thank you, you two again. This has been great. And um, I'm looking forward to. Uh, listening to this and and taking a lot of notes because it was it was really you of course thank you all right cornerstones episode number 13 clark and sean lundbeck aka lundy (laughs) peace out everyone